I want to begin today by reading out of uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. John wrote this, in the beginning was the Word. Now what, I, what he's talking about here is not just the beginning of the world as we read about in Genesis 1.1, but he's going back to the beginning of the beginning of the beginning, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, He, Jesus, was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God named John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. So that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. For the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of the Lord. You know, if you were to see Jesus preach this morning somewhere, if he were walking on this earth today and uh, were filling the pulpit here at King Street Church, there's one thing I know about what you would hear. And that is the fact that you would hear a story, a parable, We're told in Matthew's gospel, we're told in Mark's gospel, chapter 4, that Jesus never taught without telling a story, a parable. And I wanted to begin 2021 with a story. I want to tell you a story about a small company from a small town with a big dream to make a worldwide impact. The story begins way back in 1878, at precisely the same time that Thomas Edison was patenting patenting his first commercially successful light bulb in his laboratories in Menlo Park, New Jersey. There were, as you can imagine, very few people that had any interest in this strange new invention. Fire had been the only source of lighting since the days of Adam and Eve. Candles were inexpensive, easily made, and worked just fine. Oil lamps were portable and could fill an entire room with warm yellow light. The glow of a fireplace was commonplace in every home every evening. 
The notion of selling a light bulb to the conservative folks of Franklin County, PA, was about as realistic as selling a 200 pair of Calvin Klein designer jeans to a cowboy, right? But there, were, uh, were a, there was a family of industrious brothers living in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, who realized early on the unlimited power of electricity and watched with interest as Edison and others experimented with various filaments and carbon rods set in vacuum-sealed tubes. A fire was lit deep in their hearts, and a vision was beginning to take shape. And it was out of this vision that the United Brothers Light Company was established. These brothers, brethren, were united in their vision to bring light, not only to the Cumberland Valley, but quite literally into the darkest corners of the world. Producing light bulbs wasn't just a pipe dream, it was a reality well within their grasp. Well, over the course of the next 50 years, a small light bulb production plant was established right in the center of Chambersburg right at the corner of King and 2nd Streets. The plant facility was formerly owned by the 2nd Methodist Episcopal Church and was having financial problems. A, a second floor was soon added and production began. The brethren also realized that smaller, more rural communities were ideal locations for light production plants to be established. There was a willing and able workforce ready to be put to work. So communities such as Salem or Criders soon had plants of their own. Well, during this time, electricity availability and usage became a way of life for most Americans. What in the, the late 1800s seemed an unlikely and remote possibility was now becoming an exciting new reality. And the United Brothers Light Company saw what others failed to see. And the stage was set for even greater production and advancements. And once again, they seized on a new wave of opportunity, the manufacturing of flashlights. In 1896, the first dry cell battery was invented containing a paste instead of a, of a liquid. And because of this, the battery could work in any position. And it wouldn't break or spill easily. It was a perfect power source for portable light. In 1899, English inventor David Mazel invented the first flashlight. It had three D batteries placed in a tube that acted as a handle and battered, powered a small light bulb and a simple switch turned it off and on. Well, for the brethren, this wasn't a financial opportunity. This was seen through the lens of a much greater vision, a vision to bring light not only to the Cumberland Valley, but quite literally to the darkest corners of the world. What was needed, though, was a next generation leader, a young leader with courage and the unique ability to seize new opportunities. The little flashlight production plant on the northeast corner of King and Second wasn't nearly large enough to make the most of all that lie ahead. Well, that man took the helm of the United Brothers Light Company in 1928. 
His name, C.W. Meadows. Soon after arriving, following one of his first meetings with key investors, C.W. and two others were discussing the problem of limited production space. On the opposite corner of King and Second was the Gilmore Farm. These three men, dressed in their workday suits, crossed the street, literally grabbed the top of the high board fence and pulled themselves up to peek over. One of the three, a bookstore owner by the name of John Holden, said this corner would be the ideal place for us to build a new and spacious production plant. Imagine the possibilities. Well, they did more than imagine. The owner, Mr. Gilmore, was ready to retire, sell the farm, and move to California. Straight up. The needed funds were raised, and the United Brothers Light Company became known locally as the King Street Light Corporation, or KSC for short. C.W. began learning the ins and outs of flashlight construction. He began to grasp the proper design for battery compartments and casings and various switch designs, light bulb reflection, the works. He also began to see that producing a sturdy and effective life-lasting flashlight wasn't as easy as it appeared. Well, over the years, he began to tinker with some of his own designs. What if you did this or that? He was constantly thinking of new and better ways to design and assemble the flashlight so that it could be put in every home and in every hand. He was also on the lookout for ways that the KSC flashlights could be put to good use. The story is told of the unique connection that CW developed with the prison that was directly across the street from the plant. So many of the inmates had come out of places of darkness. CW and other plant managers saw to it that each of the prisoners had access to a light source while incarcerated and were provided portable light sources as they left the prison. There was something else that became increasingly apparent to CW. The more he learned about life outside of America the more he comprehended the global need for effective and portable lighting. Well, this was precisely the vision that launched the United Brothers Light Company way back in 1878, and the need was still great. So much of the world, he realized, lived in such darkness. Their only methods of lighting were crude and ineffective, passed down from generation to generation. CW made a point to regularly remind all of the KSC employees of the enormous potential of the flashlight to bring such great good to the world, if not even revolutionize the way people viewed the darkness. Sad to say, though, his vision and enthusiasm were not always well received. As C.W. traveled, he would share his insights and passion with other owners and plant managers, only to find they were often more concerned with just putting in their time and boosting their bottom line. The same was sadly true even of his own plant, 
What a wasted opportunity he would share with those close to him. Look at all that we can do. The world quite literally lies in darkness while access to light is not only available but can be placed in every home, in every hand. How can we be so concerned about ourselves and our personal comfort that we fail to see the great opportunity KSC has to bring light to others? Well, it was at this time that CW had the idea to raise up a new generation of, of leaders and workers passionate about the original vision of the United Brothers Light Company. What if, he reasoned, what if he hired young, energetic employees that, that were themselves full of passion and vision? What if he brought in other plant managers for two-year internships to learn at a heart level the great privilege we have to bring light into the darkness? What if he hired managers and supervisors whose interest was to find the potential in each young employee? And what if each young employee was encouraged to explore and discover what they were particularly good at and then given great amounts of freedom to develop the corporation? But more importantly, the quality, durability, and affordability of the flashlight itself. One of these interns, Mr. Baker, <laughs> was a young man raised on a farm just miles from the KSC plant. He understood the vision. He had a passion to further the mission of bringing light to the world. After 33 years at the helm, CW handed the reins of leadership to young Mr. Baker, who was not only an expert in flashlight production, but he had a special gift of caring for everyone connected with KSC. He tirelessly visited the employees in their homes. He presented, was present at their weddings and brought comfort at their funerals. KSC wasn't just a company, they were a family. There wasn't just a great vision, there was deep compassion. Over the next 30 years, under Mr. Baker's skilled leadership, the global impact of KSC grew and expanded. Reports were trickling in that flashlights produced by the King Street Light Corporation were found not only throughout the Cumberland Valley, but in various places around the world. As the 1990s gave way to the 2000s, it was definitely an exciting time to be associated with KSC. But those in management were too wise to think that a hundred plus years of success and enthusiasm would continue on its own. It never does. There would inevitably be a turnover in employees. Every year a group leaving and moving on. And every year another group reporting nervously for work, trying to learn what their particular place was in the organization. Managers and supervisors, while committed and dedicated to the task of lighting the darkness, would come and go as well. There had to be measures taken to ensure that the commitment to the mission be maintained throughout the coming years and decades, regardless of the changes that would inevitably come. Several new measures were enacted. Additions were made to the facility to allow for larger weekly gatherings of employees, one of the spaces appropriately being named in honor of the 30 years of Mr. Baker's faithful leadership. 
There was a need for factory-wide gatherings, regular times when all the employees, including the managers and supervisors, to gather in one place for encouragement, training. There should be some celebration as well as constant reminders regarding the never-ending need for light and the potential that KSC had to meet that need. Improvements were made in the tech department providing live streaming capabilities within the plant, as well as for employees working from home. There was a renewed commitment to regular instruction as to the pervasiveness of the darkness in the world and the desperate need people of all cultures had for the flashlights they were producing. There also had to be regular opportunities for the employees to understand the inner workings of the flashlight itself. Why the battery casing be designed to fit naturally in the hand. Why the on-off switch should be designed in a way that even a child could operate it. Why the light bulb should be placed in exactly the right place, focusing the beam of light on an intended target. If this information ceased to be taught and understood, it was only a matter of time before the passion that fueled KSC would fade. More than this, though, The world of the early 1900s was far different from the world of the new millennium. In the early days, owning a flashlight was considered special. (laughs) People sought them out and would add them to their Christmas lists. Variations in the design of the flashlight were viewed with interest. Advances in technology led to better and more powerful bulbs, as well as smaller and more efficient batteries. However... In 2010, something happened that would rock the world of handheld lighting devices. The iPhone 4 was unveiled that had a flashlight built right into the phone. It's hard to believe that having a flashlight in our phone has only been a regular feature of our cell phone for 10 years. The many distractions that come with advances in technology, specifically the global proliferation of handheld devices, present significant challenges for flashlight production. The question is obvious. Why seek out a flashlight when so many other options are so readily available? Has the day of the flashlight come and gone? The answer to this question lies, I think, in a much deeper question. Are people still walking in darkness? Has the cell phone brought about global enlightenment? And the solution to the darkness that pervades our world? Mm. I think we might all agree that the darkness we see in our world today somehow seems even darker than it has in the past. Perhaps the days of oil lamps and the glow of a fireplace and the illumination of a candle were somehow brighter than the fluorescent white light of LED bulbs and the stark beam of a cell phone flash. And more to the point, does KSC still have something to offer the world? I believe the answer to this question is a resounding yes. We have more work today than ever before. 
The original vision of the United Brothers Light Company to bring light not only to the Cumberland Valley, but quite literally to the darkest corners of the world needs to be passionately embraced by every employee and partner of KSC. Because just when you thought the world couldn't get any darker, along came 2020, a virus bringing suffering and isolation spread like the death mist creeping through ancient Egypt in the days of Moses. Darkness pressed hard against every door and threatened every heart. Every worker and employee of KSC was required to shelter in place for a time. And when the doors of the plant were reopened, drastic measures were necessarily enacted. Well, on the surface... Things seemed bleak. Things seem bleak. But far more is happening in the upper story, so to speak, than is visible in the lower story. You see, in the end, it's never about flashlights. It's never about bulbs and batteries and casings that fit well in the hand. It has always been about light. It has always been about a vision to bring light into the darkness and the most hopeless places of this world, and it still is. And we, my friends, are all employees of the King Street Light Corporation, and we all have been given the same mission. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp. Light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The work is far from finished. But it is being accomplished. (laughs) And it's being accomplished through us. Remember where the true light comes from. And that it has nothing to do with this world or batteries, but rather comes from above. Work together in harmony. Understand that all of your work is accomplishing a far greater good beyond any of us individually. And most importantly, Go light your world. Jesus, we thank you for your word to us. And that word, Jesus, is that we are to be the light of the world. God, I personally am thankful for the history, almost 150 years, of King Street Church. For the leaders that we've had through the centuries, for the history that we have, for the vision of those three men that climbed a fence literally 40 yards from where we are right now and looked over into this property and saw a farm through the eyes of a vision. (laughs) A vision to bring light to the whole world. And God, I pray for all of us right now. Might we rededicate ourselves 
in this coming year, the year 2021, to be men, women, and children that are committed daily to shining your light in a dark world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.